Good. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Welcome to the Hey Listen podcast. Today's episode, we're going to cover our Elden Ring review and a couple of different little things just before, just to fill in some time, but I just kind of want to get right into it. Uh, Pre-show jitters are hitting and... I don't know what to talk about for the time being. And we were sitting in pre-show talking about everything for like the whole fucking 30 minutes we were there. Yep. All right. Uh, And this wonderful face sitting to my, oops, to my right, my left. I don't know how my camera's doing this. This (laughs) is my special guest, Mr. Rob Martinez. Rob, how's it going? Pretty good. Feeling good over here. All right. Having double echo in my background does not help me, so I'm going to fix that. Um, what you been up to, man? How's your day going? Uh, what have you been doing? Can you give our listeners a little uh, view into what makes Rob tick? Uh, today specifically, I woke up, took a shower, and now I'm here. <laughs> All right. That's, that's, uh, that's it for today. No, I'm <laughs> That's it for today. Uh, I'm done. I'm not doing anything else. You can try. It's done. Yeah, exactly. Recently, I've pretty much just been playing Elden Ring and reading. <laughs> That's my life. Oh, yeah, reading. That's right. You've been reading yes. Dune, haven't you? I started Dune a few day, uh, like a week ago. I'm about halfway. halfway I, I, I probably would have finished it by now if Elden Ring didn't come out. <laughs> That's really slowing my progress. Yeah, yeah. Elden Ring slowing progress on a whole bunch of stuff, man. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to choose. Yeah, if I'm sitting at my desktop, it's like... Steam is open. Elden Ring is right there. Why would I be doing anything else? Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. There's a whole bunch of backlog things that I could be playing right now and I should be playing. And other things that I want to stream. But I just get sucked into Elden Ring. I turn my PlayStation on when I get home and bam. I, I, it's freaking 3 a.m. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> all right. Well, shoot. That's cool. Uh, I want to thank all of our viewers for showing up today. I know that I can't see it right now because my OBS is kind of dumb and I didn't set it up right the right way, so I don't know what the hell's happening in chat, but I think it's going great. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, let's start off here with a little bit of morning news stuff, uh, just a couple updates from the games industry this morning, and my first one's going to be, uh, it looks like Bungie is hiring for a new third-person action game. Uh, this one comes from DGC via Mr. Tom Ivan. Uh, the studio hasn't publicly announced what it's working on beyond Destiny 2, but it has said on multiple occasions that it plans to bring at least one new IP to the market by 2025. Uh, one of these projects could be a third-person action title based on a job listing from the company's website. Um, Mr. Rob, you told me before that you played a lot of Destiny 1, and what, what do you think about this new Bungie IP? Uh, what do you? What would you like to see from Bungie, uh, given I, deep history in first-person shooters and weird-ass shit? Of course, yeah. Well, uh, well, you know that the the, uh, the first Halo game was originally going to be third-person, so that's interesting. But uh, honestly, I'm just glad they're moving away from Destiny <laughs> because they've been on it for so long. Oh yeah. And um, and don't get me wrong, you know, plenty of Destiny fans out there, but I feel like it's run its course. We need, and I, I'm sure the developers feel the same way. <laughs> They're just like we've been working on this one franchise for so long, and you know, you know, they they spent a while working on Halo, also. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's time to move on. <laughs> and going from first person into if it is like a third person action game, mm-hmm. then all the more power to them. They actually will have some variety from now on. It seems. 
well, ver- hopefully there'll be variety. I mean, we won't get hopefully another it'll be variety. where you have to grind 50 hours to get a weapon and not get the right weapon roll. Yeah, we'll get Bungie's Anthem. <laughs> oh my god. I hate that. I, I can count the hours in my skies above me. How many times I've wasted time in Destiny 2 trying to get something and, not get <laughs> and then have to waste 20 more hours. Yep. Oh boy. Well, we can hope that Bungie will be bringing in some variety to its choice. Uh, it's interesting with the whole Halo being third-person originally vibe. You think they'll go back towards something more... Uh, well, I guess not back, but I guess continue on that space kind of uh, marine vibe that they've had going on recently? Or do you think they're going to jump into a completely different genre with third-person action? You know, it's hard to say because I know Destiny was born out of a sort of split between the studio mm-hmm. where one half wanted to do more science fiction and the other half wanted to do more fantasy. So they're like, well, let's just combine it. So I honestly have no idea where they can go. They could go full on science fiction into the future or they could go full on like fantasy, you know, Elden Ring type. <laughs> Hopefully their their decisions aren't influenced by popular games like, uh, you know, Elden Ring. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Well... We're going to hope for the best for Bungie for now and stay tuned as we look into it more. Uh, we'll pick up things as it comes out. Uh, moving on to our next part and topic of the show, uh, we're going to look at the state of play coming out today. It looks like Sony has released information this week. Today they're going to be uh, hosting a state of play. Uh, this comes from Kristen Zatani at the PS blog, who earlier this week wrote, and I quote, The show is clocking in around 20 minutes, give or take, with a special focus on highlighting great games coming from from some of our beloved Japanese uh, publishers. Though we will have a few updates from uh, other developers located around the world too, uh, she goes on to say that there will be no hardware discussions, so anybody hoping for a look at the PSVR 2, you're kind of shit out of luck. But... Hearing that we're going to see some video games for, or some footage of games for the PS5 and PS4 from this state of play, and specifically Japanese publishers, uh, what do you think, prediction-wise, what do you think we're going to see at 2 p.m. today? I can't say, but I'm always hoping for a Blue Point Bloodborne remake. <laughs> so, that's my prediction. Yeah. They're, they're at, they're, they've been remaking Bloodborne. That, that makes sense. You know, more Japanese developers, uh, it, that and Bluepoint being one of the biggest Sony partnered companies and first party company now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something. I think I would like to see something brand new from Bluepoint, but if I get a Bloodborne remake as well, I think that'd be freaking awesome. I, I had a lot of fun playing Bloodborne. It was honestly the first Soulsborne kind of game that I was able to really get into. Mm. Uh, like really deep into it it felt different it looked different had that nice gothic feel and uh creepy vibe going on around the whole time yeah if bloodborne if a bloodborne remake is coming which it isn't <laughs> but if it is uh they need to bring it to steam <laughs> yes definitely. because you know you know 100 percent it will be a ps5 exclusive just like demon souls oh yeah definitely i and and you know Given Sony's current track record with porting things over, I, I would say you have a fair chance of getting it onto the PC, even though it's gonna it may come later. But um, you never know. I mean, I mean, yeah, Demon Souls isn't on there, and Bloodborne is also a PlayStation IP, so one can only hope. 
Hey, that stranding came to PC. Look at look at God of War and Horizon. Those both exactly. PC, so you there there is hope at the end of that tunnel. There's a light. Exactly. Some other things that people are predicting out there for the state of play today actually are, um, we might actually see, we might get a chance to see some Resident Evil Four remake footage possibly, and some people throwing out some of the Capcom bust that maybe you'll see some uh, Resident Evil Village DLC. Uh, oh. What are your thoughts on that? That would be interesting because I know uh, Resident Evil Village had a lot of replay value, so it, just adding more on there, a lot of people would like to see it. Mm. I actually never got into Village for some reason. I tried Seven and I liked it for the first person aspect of it, but I just never gave a, a Village a chance. Mm-hmm. I assume that I will eventually get it when it goes on sale again, and maybe in the mood for a Resident Evil game. But I just ever since Resident Evil Five, I've just fallen off of the series. Mm. I know a lot of people that really liked uh, Village, and I also know a lot of people that just weren't a fan at all. So it it really seems a uh, a little split. Yeah, among players, definitely split between players and critics, especially too. Uh, a lot yeah. of outlets out there giving uh, Resident Evil Eight a really good review, and Resident Evil Eight even winning some awards out of Game Awards and uh, uh, Dice Awards. Uh, the lead, the actress for uh, Lady Demetrescu, she won uh, Best Performance Award at the Game Awards, I believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, everyone says it's so great and so good, but I just haven't gotten around to it. So hopefully, I'll get some time for that. Some cool well, breaking news though. This came out this morning, maybe a couple hours ago, but it looks like ahead of this state of play. Uh, there has been a leak for the Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origins game demo uh, on the PlayStation Store. So this kind of pushes that uh, notion right now that we're going to see a lot of Stranger of Paradise footage right uh, coming out of this state of play. Do you think there's a chance that we might get a push for Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two, Maybe Final Fantasy Sixteen? I think so. I, I, I definitely think that the footage is coming based off of that uh, leak there. Do you ha- have you have you tried Stranger of Paradise before? Have you? I know it was actually. Like I have not. Ah, that one was actually pretty cool. It was. Mm-hmm. It was different for a Final Fantasy game in terms of an action style, action RPG, and it definitely felt more uh, Soulsy, Souls like. Oh, uh, interesting. It had the same concept of when you die, you drop your experience points, rune souls, whatever you want to call it, and yeah. it. It definitely made the combat a lot more difficult. You had to focus on parrying, or if you were going to focus on magic, you had to focus on magic. Um, in light of the release of Elden Ring now, how do you think a game, uh, Square Enix's version of a Bloodborne game or a Dark Souls game be, would hold up against that? With so many other Souls-like games out there, especially retro 2Ds, newer 3Ds like Mortal Shell. Um, uh, what, what's that other one that... Uh, Oh man, I play it all the time and I can't remember the name of it right now. It's on the Switch. You play a guy with a cone head. I don't remember. Oh man, it's but so I, good. But I'll say I definitely think they need to focus on remembering what makes their game special mm-hmm. and not simply saying cuz you know, there are a lot of Souls-like games out there and now with Elden Ring, ever all the companies are going to be saying, "Oh, this is what's popular. Oh, yeah. Let's do what they did." And they need to step back and remember, "Hold on." Our fan base likes our games for this reason, so let's not lose that. And I think they need to realize that as well. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I, I definitely agree on that. Um, 
I think that the thing that makes Final Fantasy games so good is that they've got very rich lore behind their characters and their story development. So I know that Final Fantasy fifteen was kind of mixed reviews, but I personally, I thought that it was good. I didn't finish it, but I thought it was good, and it still drew me in originally with its story and the world that it built around the characters that I played. It mm-hmm. The story didn't keep me going like other Final Fantasies have. But uh, I mean, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two just showed, or Part One showed that Square Enix is able to move forward in the world, and they're really able to change the way a game is played, especially a classic title that so many people love, like oh, Final yeah. Fantasy VII. So, I, I think that maybe moving forward, they'll be able to to showcase a little bit more diversity in the style of game. I just, uh, I personally hope that they stick to their same world and lore and don't try to stem too far away from it exactly yeah uh bringing it back to state of play real quickly do you think since kojima Productions said they've started their next project that we might see something on that front this has been the rumblings all over the internet this week, <laughs> and i am so happy you brought that up because i would die if i could see a new kojima productions title oh yes i i have been so excited to see it because Death Stranding did not leave the taste in my mouth that I wanted from it. And really? I, I I tried it. I just didn't like it as much as I thought. Wow, it was. interesting. But I'm I, a I'm a big Death Stranding fan personally. Really? Yeah. You loved it that much. Like it was that. I I played through the whole game twice. Ooh, twice. Once on the once on the PlayStation, and then when it came out on Steam, I mm. uh, played through it on there. And then when the um whenever the new the director's cut comes out yeah. when that comes out on steam i will probably play it a third time <laughs> oh man wow damn that, i was I a big like i have to go back and give it another shot now because it's just it's you know it's different um it's 100 percent understandable when people say that it just wasn't for them because the gameplay is it honestly it's it's you know it's not like your normal video game you really are just walking that's <laughs> yeah. most of the gameplay but it's 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 interesting. Like the, the the actual mechanics of traversing the world in that game are yeah. they get fairly complicated in a good way. All right. Well, I, I'm going to definitely have to give it another shot just to try it out cuz I mean, after the whole Metal Gear series and everything that he, Kojima's done in gaming, like I just I figured his next new IP I'd be so shocked by and then I was a little let down, but now with a new Kojima Productions coming out, Along with all these acquisitions that are happening, what what do you think the odds mm-hmm. of Kojima Productions will get picked up by somebody sometime soon? I have a feeling after the Konami situation, they're going to want to stay separated, yeah. <laughs> at least for the time being. Yeah. It seems like Kojima wants to just do his own thing, and he's succeeding at that so far. Yeah, yeah, I think he's definitely succeeding. I think he'll succeed in any position you put him in, really. So. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, what he did under Konami was still excellent, mm-hmm. but you know, definitely, most definitely. He's built a series that has stood the ta- uh, stood the test of time, and has continued to create fans of the Metal Gear series for yeah. so long. And even Metal Gear Five, which is unfinished, is a masterpiece. <laughs> this is true. I did yeah. the ending of Metal Gear Solid Five. I was really fucking mm. mad by the ending of Metal Gear Solid Five. It ended in really a fucking way. I was mad, but I loved the game. I just it just I hated where it ended. I, Interesting. I, I, Do you want to go into that or? <laughs> Even even the, like you get to the last mission, you finish it. No spoilers here, so don't worry if okay. anyone's watching hasn't played it. But you get to the last mission, you get your ending, and then you still can go out and do other stuff that continues the story afterwards. So I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I'm gonna actually get some answers at the end of this. 
and my last answer mm-hmm. is a big ass cliffhanger on a bike, and that's all I get. I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah, there are unfinished cutscenes out there from the third half of the game that never released that you could watch to oh. to quench that. But but I, that yeah, that's not in the game. I might I might go out there and pretend it's canon for myself. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to be in the game. They just didn't finish it. Oh man. Well, I'm hoping Kojima Productions gets around to finishing that. If not. I'll just pretend it existed, and I'll be fine with my life. That's all I need. I yeah, need exactly. Answers. I need answers. Everything from Metal Gear series just leaves me shocked and confused. But what leaves me more shocked and confused, Mr. Rob, is thinking that I might get God of War Ragnarok footage out of the state of play. How no. do you think that is? Give me a scale, 1 to 10. You know what? Uh, I'm saying 10. They're going to show it. They're going to show that. They're going to show Thor Ragnarok gameplay, because everyone is going hog wild on Elden Ring and they they need to they need to push out their game and say, "Hold on guys, we're in the game sphere too. Yeah. Look at our game. Check out the space, give us our room, it's coming." You think they're going to get it out this year and not delay it till 2023? That's the biggest question that I I honestly can't say. It, it could be the opposite. Maybe they maybe will they will delay it because uh they released Horizon Zero Dawn a week before Elden Ring. Yeah. And you know, maybe that wasn't the best decision. I don't know. I can't say. No one can really say, but what we can say is this is the Hey Listen Podcast. Thank you guys for sitting around with us for about 20, 25 minutes now. And I think it's just about time to get into the real topic today, which is our in progress. And I put big quotations on the words in progress review. Very in progress. In progress, (laughs) because good God, this game is way too freaking long. I don't think it's a bad thing, but man too long i could not tell you one way or the other how close i am to actually beating the game <laughs> yeah it's ridiculous i i i'm, I, I'm shocked i've seen people 60 70 hours in they're like i'm still finding new areas yeah. i'm just like oh my lord oh yeah there's so much to do in this game there's just way too much to do in this game i think at least in terms of reviewing uh traditionally Reviewing this game traditionally, I have no idea how anybody could do that. There are people who have seen credits. It exists. The, the credit, <laughs> there's a speedrunner. He beat the game in three hours. I, I just saw, saw that this morning, yeah. On VGC the other day. I was like, are you kidding me? Really? <laughs> and he didn't die a single time. <laughs> he didn't die. It was shocking. It's crazy. There is an actual end to this game, though. It's not infinite. I mean, yes, that's a yes, confirmation. That is true. <laughs> and... Unlike Breath of the Wild, which it is very often referred to as a simile, um, it actually has more content than that. You actually <laughs> get something out of this. That's what I was. That's how I've been describing it to people. Yeah. Dark Souls plus Breath of the Wild. That's what everyone says. It's true. I feel like. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the game itself stands on its own merits, and I don't think it needs anything for to tie it to Breath of the Wild other than the full open world exploration portion of it. Yeah, I feel like definitely the main similarity that people will bring in is just the amount of freedom you have where it's just like you can just decide to go wherever you want and nothing's going to stop you. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> it's great. I don't want anything to stop me. I don't need exactly. anything to stop me. The enemy stopped me enough already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's get right into it. I sent out a grading sheet for you the other day. and. Yep. What we're going to do, the way we're going to do the review is we're going to start out with giving our score for the game based on the grading scale that we have agreed upon. 
And from there, we're going to go into a, a deeper dive on the product in in-depth review for what we have so far. The, the review is in progress still, so be, mind you, the scores may change by the time the finalized review comes out. Um, so, shoot, let's get right into this. I'll start with you, Mr. Rob. What are you going to score this game, Mr. Mr. Elden Ring Extraordinaire? What do you give this? Well, I'd like to give it a 5, but if we can complicate the scoring system a tiny bit, I would give it a 4.9. <laughs> 4.9. Yeah. It is almost there, but there's a, a tiny handful of little gripes that I have. They don't really matter in the long run, but they do exist. So I yeah. give it a four point nine. So what are what give me give me a little uh give me a little rundown for the people who don't know what you've been doing in Eldering and give me give me some rundown of what's really giving you that four point nine. What's keeping you away from that point? Well, considering that everything in this game is so excellent, I would say the few gripes that I have are pretty much purely technical and mm -hmm. a couple not it's you it, nothing has to do with the mechanics though um i am playing on steam and of course it is widely known that there are many issues uh, regarding the pc version yes i haven't had actually i haven't had it as bad as a lot of people do which uh -huh. i'm thankful for because i know a lot of people couldn't even start the game um at one point though our cl the cloud save um did not sync properly and i almost lost all my progress uh, and they fixed oh my that God. thankfully but, um, you know, if you're in the open world uh -huh. or fighting a boss with a lot of, um, you know, stuff going on, mm -hmm. it does stutter. The frame rate will drop. Mm -hmm. And that is happens more frequently than I would like. Oh, okay. Um, and I know that doesn't happen much for, like, console versions. So that is a yes. PC port issue. Yeah. Um, there At least three times, all of the audio has cut out except for footsteps. <laughs> and <laughs> I had to I, – all I had to do to fix it was rest at a grace and then – Okay. Everything came back, so I don't know what that was. Interesting. Um, so slight technical mm -hmm. things where it's just like, eh, but I know they could fix it in the future. Mm -hmm. um, and other slight gripes is just sort of um, menu usage, I suppose. Uh, opening the map with the map button, mm -hmm. it's really inconvenient to mm -hmm. have to press the back, like circle on my controller to uh -huh. go back to the game instead of pressing the map button uh, again. I'm yeah, constantly yeah. pressing the map button. Yeah. We had that That's, problem too. It sucks. It's slightly annoying. And I will say, uh, there are a lot of bosses in this game. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it doesn't matter in that much, but there are some repeat bosses in areas that just mm -hmm. seems kind of lazy. Okay. Um, but that's that's why it's keeping it from that five. But mm -hmm. everything else is just so damn excellent. It's hard to even like th those are so small in the grand scheme of everything. Okay, I actually have an experience with a duplicate boss, which I never thought was going to happen in this game so far. And um, <laughs> yeah. if you recall, on part of the southern continent, there's this blood uh, blood knight. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, you find him in an Evergold portal, and. I fought him there. That was the first time I ever saw it. And I was like, cool, this is a dope boss. Like, this feels like a real one-on-one -on -one fight. It's like, I feel like I'm an evenly matched fight right now. This is cool. And I go around and I go do my exploring. I end up in the second portion of the game. And then I end up running into the exact same kind of boss, but a different name in a different place. And I was like, oh, man, that kind of you kind of had a chance to use a different kind of enemy here. But why'd you go with that? Yeah, so, or sometimes you will be in a dungeon and you fight a boss and you think, wow, that was super unique, yeah. super cool boss, yeah. which they are. Yeah. And then down the road, you're going to a dungeon and you fight the exact same guy. Or it'll be 
and things like that uh, just sort of pull you out a little bit because you're like, yeah. oh, well, I've already fought this guy. Mm -hmm. Another good example of that is um, over in um, in the first castle, you fight the starting boss again, but as like a regular creature without a name. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. So I I definitely I definitely see a little bit of duplication. I'm glad I don't see a lot of duplication. Yeah, I should say that that is a slight, you know, thing that you'll notice. Mm -hmm. But overall, the amount of creativity just seeps out of this game. Oh, yeah. Like, so many. Like, you'd think after mm -hmm. making three mainline Souls games <laughs> yeah. and Bloodborne and Sekudo yeah. that they would start running out of ideas for enemies you could fight, and they have not. <laughs> there are some very interesting things that you fight in this game. I totally agree. I have seen yeah. some things that shocked me to my core, man. I ran into a I ran into an enemy that just turned over after I killed it, and I was like, I don't want to look at this enemy anymore. <laughs> this is gross. <laughs> I can't do this. It's it's ridiculous. I love the creativity of it. It's a good mix. I feel between art styles from a Souls game and from Bloodborne, actually specifically, in the sense of the gothic esque uh, kind of like old fantasy style looking uh, beings, creatures. Lots of beasts, yeah. bestial enemies. Yeah. So the, I like it. I do like that. And you're, uh, I see what you're saying with the point nine. Now I, I totally yeah. understand it. Uh, if I have to say, I'm honestly probably right there with you with the four point nine. Yeah. I would bring it down to a four point eight personally, oh, just because um, I've been playing it on console, of course, uh, not on computer. So I don't have actually half as many of the problems that you have. However. Uh, some some of the things graphically that are a very small problem for me, considering what the PlayStation 5 is supposed to be able to do, um, I to still run into frame rate drops. Uh, I'm sure if I threw it on my PC off of Steam, I'd have the same problems, but only more. So given that it came out of the box almost perfect and still gave me that problem of I hit a section and I drop frames from anything below 45, <laughs> it kills me. It hurts my soul so bad when I watch it, and and that's running it on performance mode. And I know there's workarounds to running, uh, running a performance mode full sixty frames per second on the PS4 version. But why would I play the PS4 version if I have the PS5? I did hear a lot of people are playing the PS4 version on the PS5. I did download it at, on the PS4 too, or I downloaded the PS4 version up to my PS5 and played it, and I could actually tell the graphical difference in terms of. Uh, I guess quality and actual like immersion to the to the game like you can tell when somebody reigns in a PS5 version versus the PS4 version you can tell what's wet and what looks wet mm. like I don't know if that word that phrasing makes sense but if you see it you'll you'll know exactly what I mean mm -hmm. um, other than that graphical problem the reason I'm going to bring it down to a 4.8 is actually one of the things for me that I feel gives the game a lot of character and a lot of explorative value, but to me is just too much in a soul sense um, vague. So my problem is with the questing. I get that this game is supposed to not have your typical quest uh, journal guide kind of thing to guide you to your next quest. My only concern with that is, is sometimes some of these quests are ridiculously vague. And mm. I have absolutely no idea what any of these people are talking about. Especially when yep. you enter a new area and you run into somebody for some reason. And they, like, 
tell you, oh, they're up in this house ahead. And I'm like sitting in the middle of a giant 360 wide open field looking around like, which way's ahead, lady? You didn't even point. Right. Your character didn't give me a direction to head. It just said mm -hmm. up ahead. Up ahead could be to the left on that mountain. Up ahead could be down there to the side on the freaking valley. I have no freaking clue. And there's not even a tiny little thing. Like, like mm -hmm. for example, I know Ghost of Tsushima still had a very straight line quest system that gave you good direction. But the thing that I loved a lot about their quest design was that you didn't have that constant, always tracking thing on the compass when you're moving through the world. When you needed to move to a different quest or follow a quest line, you could swipe up on the touchpad and it would give you wind floating around and it would point you in the direction you would need to go. Mm. Now, I'm not saying I would need something so hardcore specifically to that, but something in that vein where it would be minor things in the environment that let me know that this is the direction I should go for something. And Are you talking about specifically like NPC quests? Yeah, yeah. specifically NPC quests. Because, you know, your mainline quest in Elden Ring is, for the most part, given out and laid out to you pretty simply and easily. And, and you have the grace guides. Yeah. yeah, and then you get the grace to guide you too. So, you know, you get some, but it's just the NPC quests and side quests that sometimes I, like, have no freaking clue what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I love the exploration of that. It's just that sometimes wandering around for an hour in a field and not finding what I'm looking for is frustrating as hell. <laughs> true yeah i see why they did it mm -hmm. and because I, I mean it's been like that in every souls game mm -hmm. and um i haven't had i didn't have that much of a problem with it at first mm -hmm. and i still really don't um like there would be a character who says hey there's this castle down there you got to retake it for me and yeah. i'm like okay well that seems pretty straightforward yeah. And there are other times where you meet someone and they're like, have you met this person? I need you to give this to them. And I'm like, I do not remember who that is based on name alone. Like who? Um, at the very least, I suppose a simple list of the mm -hmm. characters' names and maybe just who they are mm. would be nice. Just, just, just so that I know who is who. Yeah. Um, but I see why they don't want to do that because mm -hmm. they have a really specific design philosophy. Yeah. Where they they don't want to hold your hand at all. They yeah. want to say, oh, you yeah. know, if you're in this situation and you forget who this person is, well then <laughs> you're you forget who they are. <laughs> yeah. So I see why they did it. I'm not gonna hold it against the game, mm -hmm. but I can see why people would be saying, why isn't there at least some sort of quest list mm -hmm. that, that shows me who I've met? Yeah. I, I I see the criticism, although I actually like that they. Yeah leave that sort of thing out because it, it really shows that from software and Miyazaki um, have a specific experience in mind and they're going to give it to you. Yeah. You know, I like that. All right. Uh, let's jump into some other topics for this thing real quick. Um, since we've been talking about the open world exploration part for a Soulsborne experience, how does this stack up with other uh, Soulsborne style games? Uh, and how do, how does that how how do you feel the exploration of a full bright vibrant living world changes the way you play this game versus when you played Dark Souls two Dark Souls three things like that? Mm -hmm. And I will lay out real quick my Souls experience. I've played through Dark Souls one. Mm -hmm. I've played through Dark Souls three numerous times. Mm -hmm. I've 
100% in Sekiro. Mm. But I haven't played Dark Souls 2, and I've only played a little bit of Bloodborne, and I haven't played Demon's Souls. So that's my Souls experience. Okay. So based on Dark Souls 1, 3, and Sekiro, this game is incredibly different mm-hmm. until it's not. Like, <laughs> And what I mean by that is you have these perfectly Soulsy crafted areas like castles and mm-hmm. dungeons, and, and they're just incredibly reminiscent of what you know in souls yeah but when you're out in that open world and you're on torrent your horse mm-hmm. it is a feeling like no other truly in a souls game because you you know you'll be playing through a souls game mm-hmm. and you are exploring the world but in and you can do things in different orders but in most yeah. cases it's a it's 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 a path you know you're going through a path and it might have some circular it goes right on itself but you're going pretty straightforwardly through a path in those mm-hmm. games Pretty straightforward. This game yeah, pretty much abandons games. that unless you're, you know, even in the castle. The castles have that traditional design, you know. You're going from one point to another, but there's multiple ways to get there. Mm-hmm. When you're in that open world, you really can do whatever you want. And it's something that hasn't really been in a Souls game before, mm. but it, it, it feels just right. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. But oh, um, yeah. It, it's increased my uh, enjoyment of the experience, I think, a lot because now now you have both of these experiences it didn't lose the previous souls experience that's still there and in full force Mm -hmm. but now you have this extra layer of okay i just went through this whole castle area now i'm gonna go you know do literally whatever i want i'm just gonna pick a direction on the compass and run that way and you will just find so much stuff to do it's insane yeah yeah the 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 what, what i failed to grasp prior to this game existing was how ridiculously open the world could be when i played things like breath of the wild or horizon before um other open world games ghost of tsushima it the worlds didn't feel as not to say that they didn't feel good but they just didn't feel as ridiculously dense as this game does and which is interesting because i don't mean to cut you mm, off no no no, you're good um one thing that sets this game apart from other open world games that um is interesting is that there's no uh communities i guess that you find in the world there's mm-hmm. no towns with yeah. people walking around skyrim style yeah. guards walking around there, you know you're not gonna meet a kakariko village in this game yeah and, and even with that the world is brimming with characters mm-hmm. and it, it feels so alive regardless or um you know disregarding mm-hmm. that it still manages to feel like such an amazing world to explore which is insane that they accomplished that because a lot of people saw that going in, like, oh, there's going to be no sort of white run area yeah. where I can just meet a bunch of NPCs, but they don't really need it, honestly. I totally agree. Um, that that whole um, denseness that I was talking about is exactly how you were saying. Um, it still feels like there's so much going on around there, even though you don't have a typical NPC hub town. You get, right. you know, the, the one round table, but even then, you know... Even with how few characters are actually there, it feels like a brimming metropolis. I feel like wa- walking through there, I feel like I'm walking through Ru- Whiterun. I've got enough NPCs in there to make me feel like there's a lot more happening in this world. On top of and finding people in the world that end up moving back and forth between that area and the the outer world in the lands between. Exactly. That's one thing I think that helps it a lot is the characters don't, you know, like in a... Well, I guess this this is a thing in, in other Souls games, so mm-hmm. it's it's carried over. But yeah. the, the characters don't stay in one spot. You know, yeah. they move around. Yeah. You'll you'll talk to a guy in the round table, which if you don't know is basically the Firelink Shrine equivalent. Yes. Sort of like your main hub. Yes. 
um, you'll you'll talk to someone over there, and then you'll be exploring the open world, and you'll find him, and he'll be like, oh hey, I'm out hunting. What's up? And you, so they will <laughs> yeah. be moving around, and yeah. um, that adds to the feeling that you know they are real people in this world. Yes, it's breaking down that boundary of this is your specific spot for hub. Yes, you come here to sell, buy, fix, upgrade, but these characters don't are aren't bound to this area here. Some some kind of are, but. There, there are a couple that, yeah. As, I, I'm, I, I guess I don't know if we've said this, but uh, this is in progress. I am about thirty hours into this game. I oh yeah. Why didn't we lead in with that? Why don't we yeah. lead in with that onto the review? We'll put this in the notes for next time. Yeah, next we're time about we'll thirty hours in. Yeah. Um, and there, and at this point, there are a couple characters who have have not moved <laughs> in, yeah. from their spots in that area. Most definitely. Yeah. Oh man. Um, but yeah. Uh, exploration-wise, this game is massive. And it's ridiculous how massive it is just by looking at how how different people's play paths have been going through the game. Uh, one person's playthrough will not be, will never be exactly the same as another person's playthrough just because of the sheer depth of everything that's happening in this map, in this world. Definitely. I mean... M- Every single person I've talked to that is playing this game at the same time as I mm-hmm. has gone in completely different directions from the start. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. We'll, and we'll, we'll have similar play times, and they'll be like, oh, I'm, I'm really deep into this area. And I'm like, oh, I haven't even gotten there yet. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm over here. And they're like, I didn't even know the place existed. It <laughs> yeah. is insane. And it's beautiful. Oh, yeah. It is, and, it and, is really fun. And it's one of the good things, I think, about this game that breeds the community because this Soulsborne community is super big. It's super, like, dedicated to these games. So having so many people just talking about the game and having a different experience with it, no matter where, when, or how you started, is in nuts. It's just nuts. And, yeah, and I'm glad that the Souls... I mean, Souls was... The Souls um, games were always huge, but this game really took off into the public sphere mm-hmm. uh, like no other has. And I'm glad that this is the one that did that because it, it probably... You know, for all the arguments going on about about accessibility in Souls games, mm, yeah. I think this one is the most sort of newcomer friendly because you really can just go anywhere. If you're in an area and you're like, I just can't do this, you are 100% free and even encouraged to just go do something else instead. Yes. And you will find something else to do. Oh, yeah. Or something else will find to do you. <laughs> exactly. <yeah. laughs> oh, man. Yeah, this game is it's insane. So I... I can see why so many people have been giving it such great reviews, highly, highly touted in the game sphere, in the games industry right now as being possibly one of the, what definitely one of the contenders for game of the year. But some people are going so far as to say this game already has stolen the rest of the year from every other title that exists. Nothing else can beat it. Nothing <laughs> it else can game. beat it. I, I, where do you put it in? And as of 2022 in the games you've played so far, what, where's this one sitting in there for you? I actually haven't played many games this year um, mm. that have come out this year, or even that have come out last year. Mm. Um, so it's at the top. <laughs> it's at the top. All right, that's good. Well, it's it's an early year. You still got a yeah. lot of time. I, I know that people have been talking about Sifu, and I too have put it on the back burner because I have so many other things to do. But right now, I I'm thinking this this is actually one of my favorite games of all time. I'm I'm feeling the same as well. It's funny. I seem to say that. Uh, when I got into Dark Souls 3, I was saying mm-hmm. this is one of my favorite games. When I got into Sekiro, I was saying this is one of my favorite games. Uh, and it's it's ringing true for Elden Ring as well. This this game is 
insane, insanely good. Insane. And the world itself is extremely varied and uh, mm-hmm. like visually. It, oh yeah. It's, it's it's honestly beautiful. Like I don't think I've ever taken more screenshots in a game than I have in Elden Ring. Like the skybox is amazing. The day night cycle worked perfectly. Yeah. And you think that the world is only so big, and as you explore, you oh, will yeah. get entirely different vistas. Of, oh yeah. Uh, you know, and it, it oh it's mind blowing. I don't know how this game is like. I don't know how they made it <laughs> in in the time they made it because I think they were developing this and Sekiro around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um. Or at least they started at similar times. Yeah. I don't know how they did it. <laughs> I don't know how they did it in such a like relatively short amount of time. Yeah, um, I would it, say so. So Sekiro had been in uh, development since what 2017, 2018? 20, 2017, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, what they had about four years development and then one year of polish. I want to say, mm-hmm. just yeah. a just an, not even an educated guess. I'm just I'm guesstimating. Don't so don't don't quote me on that, anybody. No, that's I know the, a fact. That's the internet, a hard fact. internet loves to quote people on everything they say. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> oh man, um, but yeah, four or five years of development and publishing, and we've get, been given a game that just out of the box has almost been perfect. Almost. Yeah, this is what happens when you give your developers time to make oh, games. Yeah. Activision. <laughs> Activision. Oh, we don't speak the unholy name of Activision Blizzard around here. We can't talk about them yet. Not until Phil Spencer steps in and fixes things there. I, it, it's just not. It, it's no man's land. That's the DMZ. We can't talk yeah. about them. I and I want to talk about them because I want Diablo Four. I want it so bad, but I can't. I just can't give in until things get fixed there. Exactly. So, in terms of. Uh, Elden Ring's combat system and everything, how do you feel about uh, the introduction, like the true, I want to say, introduction of a real magic class to these kinds of Souls games? Knowing that you're playing as melee, but... Yeah. Uh, You know, disclosure, I am full strength build. um, (laughs) I have nothing else. Nothing else. It's all strength. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'm glad it's like that, because a lot of people um, will talk down on people using uh you know sorcery builds and say oh you're playing easy mode mm-hmm. don't worry about that the magic yeah. in this game is unlike any of the other games especially like dark souls 3 mm-hmm. the magic was pretty underwhelming um i can't speak for pvp but yeah. when it comes to like fighting enemies it you know wasn't that good mm-hmm. um and i'm so glad that they finally fully fleshed out the magic in this game there's so many different types of magic and the spells are oh, yeah. actually insane you cast faster than ever uh-huh. And um, they they actually hit hard, yeah. and, and they look cool, oh, yeah. which is nice because people who really like sorcery, I think, got snubbed out a lot in like Dark Souls three. There was next to no sorcery in Bloodborne. You had a little yeah. bit of arcane, yeah, and obviously nothing in Sekiro. So the fact that they're going full force in this game, I'm glad. To, I, I'm glad it's there. Me too, because typically in fantasy style games like this, I end up playing a mage. So mm. being able to jump in and just actually be a mage from the beginning and not have to fight my way through and get a little bit stronger to actually be able to use spells and have them mean something made yeah. like a big difference for me in terms of enjoying the game right out of the box too like i i hands down expected to come into this and be like well i'm going to be rolling dodging which obviously mm. i still am but yeah. i thought i was going to be rolling and dodging and cutting all the time now i have like choices i can step back and try and fight from afar and cancel out an enemy group before they get to me and once they get to me, then I get squashed. You know, like I, I have time between my death. I don't die right away anymore. 
yeah. I, I'm able to think things through before things happen. And have you been? Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, uh, my one uh, one thing I did want to bring in um, about the sorcery and magic classes is the one thing I don't like about it is how they chose to categorize specific magics together as a faith magic or um, a sorcery magic. So typically, you would ex you would expect that a sorcerer could use elemental magics, would you not? I suppose. Yeah, that doesn't fucking exist in this game. So, mm -hmm. basically, elemental spells uh, are based off of one of the main stats in this game. That stat being Faith, which is the class, uh, the Prophet, I think. Prophet or Priest. I believe so. Same thing. Basically, I chose Sorcerer thinking, I'm going to run around and I'm going to torch these guys. They're going to mm -hmm. suck lightning bolt. It's going to be great. And I get into the game and I'm throwing around little blue bolts of fucking rock. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to learn something later, and I start wandering around, I start getting some stuff, and about 10, 15 hours into the game, I start to realize, I'm never going to touch a fucking elemental spell in my life in this fucking character. Yeah, it uh, that is sort of a soul staple. If you are a sorcerer, you're going to be throwing around blue magic, if you're throwing around miracles. They were mm -hmm. called miracles in Dark Souls, I'm not sure what the uh, faith magic is in this game. Uh, incantations or something. Yeah. Isn't there also, there's blood magic. Yes, there is, is blood magic. Or faith. I think that one is in. It might be intelligence. I think because or no, gravity magic is intelligence. I think blood magic is going to be faith, along with the dragon communion stuff, which sucks. Yeah, there is a big difference there, and um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so that I, it I, is I, unfortunate, I it's unfortunate. Like I, I don't mind. I can go back. It's such a good game that I, I can feel the replayability. I know I'm gonna go back and play it at least a couple more times after I beat it initially. I was so, gonna say you have to replay as a yeah. faith build. <laughs> oh yeah, gonna go back replay as a faith build. I'll probably go for a full melee build on the next one just to wash the taste of magic out of my mouth for a little bit, and then I'll have go you back. Been, and uh, have you been taking advantage of the summon? Ability to summon enemies oh, to fight by your side. Most definitely, that's like my biggest thing from this whole like new com this whole combat system in in this game is being able to run my summons all the freaking time that I need to. Mm -hmm. And I like I find these certain battle some of these battles are actually really really difficult without them. And that you know that's part of the lure the the appeal of a Dark Souls style Soulsborne game is the difficulty of it. it uh, Miyazaki has quoted um, before that he makes these games in in such difficulty because he wants people to overcome those challenges. He but he wants that to rel uh, relic uh, what's the word to bleed over into their real life. Saying, "Oh, you know, like I was playing this game the other day and I just beat this ridiculously impossible boss. If I can do that, I can go out and I can go to." Add, I don't know, look for that promotion, look for that new job, you know. <laughs> Insert right. generic, I can do this because I did this statement here. That's, that, he uh, he was quoted as saying, like, that's one of the big reasons he wants people to play these games like this, because he wants to show them that the impossible is not impossible. And I think the summons are definitely a big factor in that. Uh, oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. you, will, you will be fighting a lot of bosses, like we were saying, where mm. it's a boss, but there's two of them. Or here's a boss, but there's a bunch of skeletons in the room. Mm -hmm. And... In any other Souls game, you would see that and think, wow, that is just unfair. But yeah. in this game, you can pop out your own little group of enemies, yeah. and now it's sort of you're on the same level again. I think that's nice. Yeah, I, I think that also uh, ties into the whole changing um, 
this game to be more entry level for Soulsborne games because it allows you to have you don't have to call in help from somebody for co-op you don't have to call in a friend that you actually know in life you can play this game by yourself say you're not the kind of person that likes multiplayer and have some sort of mob to run with you to keep you uh more focused on enemies at a time without being overrun completely right and and unfortunately i haven't actually been able to take use of the summoning because i apparently i was talking to my buddy about this i uh-huh. apparently missed the npc that gives you the bell to summon <laughs> the guys and i have not run into them since so i have not summoned a single enemy in this game because i literally can't oh man so that's i'll have sucks. to figure that out eventually <laughs> Where did I get the bell? I don't even remember. It was so long ago. My buddy told me about where it was, and I went there, and there was no one there. And I was like, I don't think I can do this. So I might just not be able to summon for the rest of the game. Who knows? Dang. You <laughs> I don't def- want to look anything up. So you, I'll wait You until definitely over. took the hard route with this one. I like your <laughs> style, Rob. I like it. I was, I'll say it was unintentional, but uh, I'm rolling with it. <laughs> well unintentionally or not this game has been a smash hit it has been freaking amazing and even with its slight problems out of the gate with technical ability it still is doing gangbusters in sales its numbers are just skyrocketing for any soulsborne game that's released it is it is the it is the smash hit of the opening of 2022 for gaming what do you think is going to be decided by the future of From Software titles with this title in mind. Do you think that maybe they'll move to an Elden Ring 2? Do you think that uh, we might get another remake from Bluepoint? What are your thoughts on the future of From Software games? Well, when it comes to From Software, it's I feel like... Um, I hope... Okay, let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. From Software definitely has a formula. And they know that the formula works, Mm -hmm. and they know that everyone loves the formula, and the formula is being put to use here in Elden Ring, definitely. Um, So one thing a lot of people like about FromSoft is their consistency. But another thing I really like about FromSoft's games is the experimentation, you know? Mm -hmm. If you look at Sekiro, the mechanics of that game are completely different than what we've seen before in the series. It has much more of a, like, story and characters that impact the plot. That game is, you know, it's very unique yeah. compared to all these games. Then you have Elden Ring, which they obviously experimented with by turning it into this massive open world that is uh, actually fun to explore. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of hoping that they don't just consecutively make a bunch of Elden Rings after this. Not yeah. even necessarily IP, but just, you know, gameplay mechanics wise. Uh-huh. I hope they keep experimenting because... I like when From Software knows what they like and they keep doing it, obviously, or else I wouldn't love all these games. Mm-hmm. But I also really like when they try new things. So mm-hmm. would I necessarily want to see an Elden Ring 2 in the future? Maybe. Although, you know, I'm always up for them being able to fully flesh out their creativity and something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to, like, making future open world games... Um, you know, if they could come out with the same quality, that would be excellent. But I would also hope that they can keep their variety and you know maybe put out another Sekiro type game where yeah. it's just completely different than the, not completely different but it's fairly different than other things they've been making mm-hmm. and that's i mean Sekiro one game of the year so yeah that I, is true. I hope they i hope they keep up the variety i don't want to just see elden ring clone sort of like how dark souls one two and three mm-hmm. well at least one and three yeah. are fairly similar yeah, uh, yeah. you Definitely. know in terms of gameplay and world so i hope they keep the variety up I totally agree. I I think that From Software has 
a a strong grip on the niche community that is a Soulsborne game, and I think that if they're given the time and the the um, ability to really focus down and put out ideas that they want to work on, they are going to make something absolutely stunning. Do I want an Elden Ring 2? Hell yeah, I want an Elden Ring 2. <laughs> but I don't want it right away. I want it in like 10 years when Elden Ring is really old and everyone's pl- talking about these new systems and games and things that can go technically beyond whatever we've done before. I want a VR Elden Ring game. I would love a VR Elden Ring game, but a perfect VR Elden Ring game. From Software Beat Saber. <laughs> From Software Beat Saber. That's basically what it would be. I swear <laughs> to God. That's exactly what it would it would be. But... <laughs> We're starting to run out of time here, so just to close up the stuff, uh, 4.9 on the score, so that's a good score. Elden Ring getting some really high reviews out of the gate. Um, yeah, so far. So far. Have, and this is this is in progress. This is a, a 30 to 40 hour in progress review at, at the time, so give us another 30, 40 hours and we'll come back with a final, final justification. I wouldn't be surprised if I bump my score up to a, a perfect 5 at this point. Especially if they come in and release these patches that fix the issues, because a lot, um, ma- the main issues are the technical ones. Yeah, definitely. Everything else about the game, you know, I-, I have no problems with. Honestly, like, I understand the way that the menus work. I understand how, uh, you know, your your HUD is supposed to work and how it should feel. I know the mm-hmm. I know the struggle and pain of having to drink a potion and knowing my enemy is going to swing right before I start drinking it. So, so hopefully we'll get some, we'll get another, uh, finished review out here. Thank you, Mr. Rob, for joining me for today's podcast. Um, hopefully we'll have you again. Oops. Sorry, Mike. Uh, hopefully we'll have you back here again for another podcast later on and we'll be able to talk some more about stuff. I had a good time. Is there anything you'd like to add before I end up our closing statement? I don't believe so. Thanks for having me. It was very fun. Of course. Anytime. It's always good to get some guests on here and have some other people to really talk to that really get involved in the game and really have a love for the for, for you know gaming in general. So, of course. So here we go. Here's our shameless self-promotions part where I go on and talk about thanks for watching us. Thank you. Thank you for watching us. This is the Hey Listen podcast. You've been watching it live on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash official. And if you haven't, then you're going to be listening to it on podcast services later or on YouTube. So please, if you liked what you saw, liked what you watched, liked what you heard, or just liked how we looked, which is totally apl- applicable here. We are handsome as hell. You can go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. You can give us a follow and you can stay tuned for more news coming out. Um, later tonight, I will personally be doing a state of play, uh, reactions video or not a reactions video, eh, kind of a reactions video. I'm just going to be going over what they talk about at state of play and do a little, uh, 10, 15 minute clip that'll be posted on YouTube tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. And this will be going up in the next couple hours on podcast services and YouTube. So stay tuned, check it out and thank you for watching. Um, We will finish up this uh, Game of the Year Contenders review in a couple, I want to say like in a month or two, and we will catch you guys later. Thank you very much, and remember, game like you mean it. Bye. Awesome. Perfect. That was great. Outstanding. That was an hour and like five minutes. Hour and like seven minutes. It didn't feel like an hour. It didn't. It doesn't. It's ridiculous. That's why I'm saying like... (laughs) My friend was like, dude, 
there's no way you can do hour shows for things. And I'm like, you have no idea how easily you could do an hour show for things. We, we could have went on for another 40 minutes. No, we could have. And I wanted long. to. I was like, <laughs> I had so much more I wanted to talk about, but there's yeah. not enough time. There was the not. The game is just too big. <laughs> I know. And we're not even done with it, dude. We're not done with it. What's crazy is, so I beat Dark Souls 3 and Sekiro, my first playthrough, both around 40 hours. Yeah. And right now, I'm 10 hours away from that, and I... I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm going to be finishing Elden Ring in the next ten there's, hours. So. There's no fucking way, dude. There's no fucking way. Yeah. <laughs>